0: 2004 and I just finished my freshman year of college and me and several of my buddies we decided that we are going to take a, a celebration of, of our uh, freshman year finishing well and passing and, uh, and we're going to take a trip and we're going to go camping at Turkey Run. Anybody been to Turkey Run before camping? It's a, it's a great place. And uh, while we were there, we were trying to figure out some things to do. And we decided that, uh, that we are going to take a canoe trip. And I, I don't think any of us had ever been canoeing before. Didn't really have a great concept on, on what all it was going to involve. But we're young. We're fit. We thought, you know, this would be a, a great idea. So this is a picture of um, a, a few of my buddies um, that, that went on that trip. And uh, so we get to the place Um, Sugar Creek Canoe Rentals, okay, and here's a little map of, uh, we start uh, up to the right there, and we got to make it all the way down, and uh, they gave us, they asked us what trip we wanted to go on, okay, there's like a three mile, a six mile, a 10 mile, and a 15 mile, and then there's like a two-day trip, and we didn't have, we didn't have two-day, you know, plans, or didn't have two days to do it, so we're like, you know, five college guys, we all got something to prove, there's no question we're doing the 15 mile trip, okay? No question at all. And uh, so what we didn't really pay attention to was the five to seven hours, but typically, like your average college guy, we didn't feel like that applied to us, okay? Um, and like I said, we're, we're young, we're fit, and we, we thought we could handle this, and you know, as, as we we're getting off the bus, um, to To go down this uh, this river, um, I remember us saying, "See you at the finish line," to everybody else, because that's how fast we are planning on uh, making it down the trip. And so we we didn't really come prepared uh, for this trip. And we get a couple miles into the trip, uh, the sun is blazing down on us, it's 85 degrees, uh, the current isn't as fast because uh, we hadn't got a lot of rain that year, and so it's kind of slow going, and uh, so we're sweating, and about the time where you would st- take a stop and, and have a snack and a drink break, we realize we have made a tragic mistake, We have not brought any food or any drink on a 15-mile canoe trip. I did bring sunscreen because I burn really easy, and that is apparently more on the forefront of my mind than food. And it was crazy. And so it took us not five to seven hours, but it took us eight hours to make it down this 15-mile trip. And so by the time we finally get to the end of this canoe trip, We are so hungry and so thirsty. And to the point where we had contemplating drinking this nasty river water. But we didn't for fear that we wouldn't be able to keep anything down after we got back. And so we get back to our campsite and we realize again that we have not really planned very far in advance. And all we have is some raw steaks and soda. Neither of which are good for somebody that is really hungry in the moment and somebody that's really thirsty in the moment. Because soda doesn't really quench your thirst. Many times it makes you more thirsty. And so we didn't really enjoy the last leg of the trip and and we ended up having to go uh, out to a gas station, the closest gas station, and buy a bunch of junk food uh, because it was immediately edible and like lots and lots of water. to to replenish our dehydration that we had been having. We were thirsty at the end of that trip. And today, we're talking about thirsty. We're talking about Jesus being thirsty. Jesus experienced thirst similar to this, but on a much larger scale. After being beaten and bloodied and then hanging on the cross, Jesus was experiencing extreme dehydration. And so as he's hanging there on the cross, I can just imagine the things that are going through his mind. You know, the the things like, you know, God has, has tasked me to this and I'm almost there, I'm almost to the finish line, I've almost completed everything that's been done, but you know, I'm experiencing all these, you know, the pain of, of being beaten and bloodied. And, and now I'm, I'm thirsty. And it says in John 19, verses 28 and 29, it says this, Later, knowing that everything had now been finished. He's almost there. And it says, and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. And a jar of wine vinegar was there. so soaked, So they soaked a sponge in it. They put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. Jesus said, I am thirsty. I think there's three key points that that we need to look at as it it pertains to this text for us today. I think the first is that in this text, Jesus is fulfilling what the prophets said would happen. Psalm 69 verse 21 says, They put gall in my food. And gave me vinegar for my thirst. I think this had to be going through Jesus' mind. Is, you know, as he knows the scripture, he knows the plans and, and, and the, the very purpose that he's on earth for, and, and the, the idea behind him fulfilling these prophecies is to continue to show people that this is exactly the way it was meant to happen. And in this moment, as he's on the cross, I can imagine him seeing this jar of, of vinegar down by the guards. And remembering Psalm 69, 21, and thinking to himself, I need to fulfill that prophecy. It's exactly the way the psalmist wrote it. And while seemingly unimportant, that prophecy, it was significant for the building of faith of those who looked to him. The second key thing that I think we should we should look at here is that because of this passage, because we see Jesus being thirsty, we know that Jesus can identify with us in our suffering. We know that we aren't alone when it comes to suffering and physical needs. Jesus was a human here on this earth. He experienced real pain and real loss. He wept when his Friend Lazarus died. He experienced the exact same emotions that we experience. To me, this is one of the coolest parts of of our God sending his son to earth because he wanted to know us on such an intimate level that he sent his son to earth to experience it the way we do. How cool is that? Hebrews 4, verses 15 and 16 say this. That's so incredible that that a God would love us so much that He he would want to experience the exact same things that His creation would. He didn't have to. He's God. He's, he's, He's much bigger than that. But we have a God who wanted to know us that intimately that He would send His Son to earth to experience the same suffering and heartache that we do. The third thing is this that we all have a thirst. We all have a thirst that needs to be quenched. I love this analogy because in this we know we've all had times when we've we've been really thirsty. We all experience thirst maybe on on a daily basis. We all experience this this idea of of being thirsty of needing Liquid refreshment. And so we've all been thirsty at times, but what we're talking about is much bigger than just a physical thirst. It's a thirst for God. A thirst for knowing that there is a God bigger than us out there. I love the the idea that that there's a some God that that wants to know me on such a deep level and also can do something about it that can empathize with our suffering, but also has the power to fix it. I love that. Revelation 7:16 to 17 says this: Never again will they hunger, never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will lead them to springs of living water. We all are thirsting for something. We all have that desire, that need for something bigger than we are. And I know that if you're like me, in the story that I told, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the canoe trip, when we got back to the campsite and we were just thirsting for something, and we tried to fulfill that thirst with soda pop, and all we really needed was water, and it didn't quench our thirst. Because it was, it was a fake. And soda couldn't, couldn't fix that. It couldn't, it couldn't quench the thirst that we have. And the same way, the things of this world will not quench the thirst you have for something bigger. God designed us and created us to have a thirst for Him. We need to acknowledge that and embrace that. That the only true quenching Thirst of our thirst comes from the one who can lead us to springs of living water. Jesus is the only one that can satisfy the thirst that we have for God in our lives. We need to trust he knows exactly what he's doing, that he knows how we feel, that he's been through the suffering, And that he can quench the thirst that we have. Let's pray. God, we know that there is no substitute for you. We know that there's no substitute for the thirst quenching ability that you have, Father. And God, thank you for sending someone like Jesus to to come down to earth. God, to experience life here to experience real suffering, real physical pain and ailments, and God, to empathize with who we are and the life that we live. God, thank you for that. Thank you for creating us in that way and sending a, a being a loving God who, who cares that much for us. God, help us to not seek out different things to fulfill our thirst that only you can quench, but to trust In you, God. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.